Marilyn Minter lives and works in New York. In 2006, Minter was in the Whitney Biennial and collaborated with Creative Time to install billboards throughout Chelsea and New York City. Her video, Green Peak Caviar, was shown in the lobby of the MoMA from 2010 to 2011 and on digital billboards in Los Angeles and New York. In 2013, Minter was featured in the exhibition Riotous Baroque, which traveled from Kunsthaus Zurich to the Guggenheim Bilbao. In 2015, Minter's retrospective Pretty Dirty opened in the Contemporary Arts Museum in Houston, Texas, and traveled to the Museum of Contemporary Art in Denver, Orange County Museum of Art, and the Brooklyn Museum in November of 2016. Minter is represented by Salon 94 in New York, Region Projects in Los Angeles, and the Baldwin Gallery in Aspen. Thank you. Um, so we're in your studio in the garment district. Today is your birthday. Uh -huh. <laughs> Time for looking back at all, you know, all you've created. I was just having a conversation um, yesterday with uh, Elisa author, uh -huh. and it was interesting because she was, was speaking about, um, you know, she created, of course, um, a Pretty Dirty, that um, exhibition of yours that traveled. And, and she was saying, which was surprising to me, she said that your works are so beautiful and that somehow one can be punished for being like making works that are too beautiful. Uh, well, it, there's a, a, a the um, there's a kind of prejudice in the in, in, but only in academia. Yeah. And um, and I think it's passing. I mean, I just saw the Whitney Biennial, and it's filled with visual pleasure. Yeah. You know, so it might be passing. You know, that be, I think all really good art has to be, for me anyway, it has to be uh, aesthetically, it has to have some kind of a frisson for me and also be conceptually solid. Mm -hmm. And um, it actually doesn't, you know, the, she's sad because of academia not embracing me, mm -hmm. but I don't care. Yeah, well, it's I know better how, to be. Yeah. yeah, I know how good this work's going to look in 20 years. Um. Uh, underrated, yeah. No, I don't think underrated. I mean, I didn't. I didn't even know that. I don't know all the politics of it, but I think it's far better to speak to your time. And I'm ahead of my time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, to speak ahead. I've been ahead and, since I started. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and also you've been outside, you, and you appreciate it too. So I mean, I'm just looking at the beauty. It's so weird to think that beauty can be something that's not alienating, but the beauty of these works. Let's talk about the the process. I don't know if it's alienating as much as they don't trust it because it looks too pleasing to people that don't have a, any kind of intellectual dialogue. Like mm -hmm. like someone who doesn't know anything about art likes could like my work. Yeah. And that makes uh, I think academia suspicious mm -hmm. because you have to have a PhD to understand art. You know. Yeah. Uh, I understand that. I mean, they uh, academia was. They were very reluctant to be interested in Andy Warhol or mm -hmm. in to Keith Haring, yes. or you know multiple artists that are Basquiat. When he died, they couldn't even get a gallery. So everything changes. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I'm fine. I'm doing just great. I, there's a um, a part of me that feels like being slightly marginalized makes me hungrier. Well, it's going back to then about pleasure, because we have an in this country, or maybe in many countries, but um, you know, suspicion I, of pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, this is you know, I mean, you're French, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> suspicion. No. There's a suspicion. I'm going to be doing a show at Montpellier at that oh. at that museum. Oh yes. The new one. A, but, uh, it seems too simple to be, you know, or cliche to be beautiful, mm -hmm. you know, and there's a lot of suspicion about it. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you know, people like to look at things that are beautiful because it gives them so much pleasure. Mm -hmm. uh, but they have they have a shame about it too. Yeah, and and I I'm looking around at these paintings, and I wouldn't say they're voyeuristic, 
But it's not, it's interesting with the layers. And the well, the layers, and I'm doing a 21st century bather. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, yeah. and so it, it's. It, I've been working with this for a couple of years mm-hmm. now. I just wanted to um, have the own the agency of mm-hmm. making you know women grooming, mm-hmm. and I'm giving them pubic hair and armpit hair. Oh yeah, well, let's <laughs> talk about your pubic hair work. So, <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't exist in art history. Yeah. So I'm making beautiful paintings. I think they're so beautiful. Those are uh, those are reproductions. Mm-hmm that you could put them in your living room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they become abstractions. Well, I like that because you're, it is that beauty, but then you're not sure at first what you're looking at. Well, no one buys them once they find out what it is. Everybody says, what's that? I really like that. And then they find out what it is and they go, oh my God. <laughs> well, I mean, is that funny? I think it's funny. I don't I care because I'm just piling them up. Um, well, maybe that's just in America. Or more, oh, that's another interesting thing. I did show one in China. Yeah, uh, you know, we're more comfortable with hair in China. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yeah, well, we mm-hmm. don't have a lot of it, so yeah, we, that's don't, true. We, we just don't shave. But mm-hmm. it, this is what I found was interesting. Um, well, I, I had a Chinese boyfriend, and he had no, no hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so it's okay. We can say we don't want to shave because mm-hmm. it doesn't occur. But, but yeah, we occur. Aren't. My friend who's... Ha- who's all Chinese, she doesn't have to shave her legs even. Yeah, I don't shave them. Well, so we don't care. I'm happy to have mm-hmm. a few. That's mm-hmm. okay. But I don't know where that started. But you know, I, I thought about that when I was young. Um, well, it's never in art history. Why is that? Maybe it's also going back to sculptures too. Sometimes you see a little, but it's very formless. Yeah. yeah. It's not like as it really exists. But no paintings. Yeah. Well, then I think it's a way of co- perhaps convincing our um, So, yeah, it's a sexualized image, mm-hmm. but it's a, at the Whereas same time. Whereas if you take the pubic hair away, it desexualizes it? Well, I remember um, a coming across when I was young, like a, a pornographic mm-hmm. magazine, and they are all shaved, right? And I, I didn't understand that. It's funny because when I was young, when I came across it, a pornographic magazine at... Um, one of my girlfriend's houses, her brother had them, and they were loaded with pubic hair. Oh, there was a change. Yeah, yeah, so there was that transition. Yeah, Yeah. now, one of the reasons I made this is because young girls were lasering their pubic hair. Isn't it bad for you? Well, I don't, it's bad, it's not bad as much as it's, well, I think it's, it's not, uh, the gynecologist will tell you it's not a good idea, Mm -hmm. but, I really, uh, you know, it's 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 all, all just the eye always craves what it doesn't see, mm-hmm. and all these young girls are growing theirs back and growing their armpit hair out now. Yeah. It's like the, the fashion changes and lasers forever. Mm-hmm. So I was telling young girls trying to make, you know, pictures of all races and all colors, of pubic hair, that um, lasers is uh, you know diet purple, but don't laser. Do whatever yeah. you want. Just I know that that um, you're gonna be sorry when you're 80 years old. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also a strange thing because with the fashion industry, you know, it's it's going younger mm-hmm. and younger girls. And I thought when I stumbled well, only younger this. because they're they're emaciated when they're younger, gawky. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't look like that at 21. But the only people that don't have pubic hair are children, so it's kind of what? Do you, what's the message that I you're sending? I have no idea. Yeah. But it really has changed since I've been an adult. Mm-hmm. Since I've been a young kid, I mean, I watched them. Be, all the models were gorgeous. Now they're just skinny. Yeah. They're not gorgeous. They're just skinny, ridiculously skinny. And that and that goes back to the pleasure because can you? I feel people who are sensual and they're natural. I mm-hmm. mean. They may groom themselves a little, but it's not about too fussy. That's going to go the opposite direction, though, because right now they're too skinny. The next, you know, the next models are going to be voluptuous. Yeah, we're going to go back to Rubens. It's always, yeah, you, you <laughs> crave what you don't see. Yeah. That's a, when Rubenesque. Did you, yeah. Maybe when, not Rubenesque, but at least Claudia Schiffer, beautiful, or yeah. Linda Evangeliska. You know, these were considered glamazons. Mm-hmm. But they were really, really pretty people too. Yeah, it's nice when the, the effort isn't just not. It doesn't seem so effortful. I think that's seductive. Yeah, I don't. You know, I know that um, 
the same thing with fashion. It's this giant engine of the culture, but we have such contempt for it. Yeah. You know, I've said this so many times, though. Uh, you know, we have this, it gives everybody so much pleasure, yet it creates body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of the few places women have power in the whole world. Mm -hmm. It's real evidence. But uh, uh, it, it makes people feel, you know, terrible about themselves. And, um, and I, I think all of my work is, you know, even these grooming women, I try and make an image of that you've never seen before, even though you know it's there. Yeah. You never really saw a 21st century bather. Oh, they're in the shower now. Yeah. You know? And they have tattoos, and they have really short hair. And, uh -huh. You know, it's just... But it's also something you know exists. Yes. And that's so... There's like a multiple read with all of my work. It, it's like, even when I was working with the porn, it was like such a contemptible subject matter and it really based and everyone thought it was so shallow. And it, it, there would be no internet without porn. Yeah. So it's like this kind of, these are giants of our culture that are, are uh, tr trying to be minimized by popular culture, like pretending that it doesn't exist. Yes. Like fashions, I've seen, you know, academics and intellectuals hide their magazines. Shut it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's a danger when something is talked out of existence. Mm -hmm. But and then it's also interesting. Or pretending it's not there, or it's not affecting you. Um, I like the real thing. I have to say, <laughs> but I like to see it in paint, where like something is art. But. Um, I, I think it's strange America's relationship to porn. I do believe it's stronger here. I just have this impression it's strong. It's like more of an industry here than in Europe, maybe for instance. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, because it's not forbidden. Because there's forbidden, so it makes it much more exotic. Mm. Yeah, but I don't really know because I have never lived any length of time, and mm -hmm. I guess I lived in Holland, and it's you know. It's pretty ubiquitous there. Yeah, but it's a bit, <laughs> it's a, such a business. It's so yeah. like, it just yeah. everything is commerce, is there? Yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? It's commerce. I think so. That that's, that's what I've been told. Yeah. Well, the, the Dutch are very much. The, then I'm told I have many friends there. Um, they're very much about. Um, yeah, they, there's a drugs, I got censored. whatever. I got censored in China. Yes. When I had my show there. Yes, but which they were more these? interested in the political aspects of feminism rather than the nudity. Yes, interesting, yeah. huh? Mm -hmm. Yes, so that they feel um, they didn't bother them at all the nudity. They took things out when I gave my lecture, and I, it's a good thing I looked at it beforehand mm -hmm. because I was missing thirteen slides, <laughs> yeah. and the and the museum didn't know either. So everything has to be. Um, uh, okay, before you can do anything. Yeah. yeah. When so, was the last time you were in China? Um, I was there a few years ago. I'm really in Europe mostly. Yeah. Some parts just in Hong Kong. Where did you grow yes. up? I was born here, but I grew up in really after my adolescence in Europe. Mm -hmm. So. How many languages do you speak? <laughs> no, it's not concerning me. I speak a few. French, <laughs> English, Chinese. Oh. I just I, a little bit of different things, but Italian? but about you, but about you, it's, I'm not moving. Um, the political things that what they took out, because you are have been political as well in terms of like Trump, you've been involved in certain. Mm -hmm. But what did the, I was just to go to the China? What did they take out that was political? They took out all everything that had to do with um, the video I made, my country tis of thee, and I oh. showed a slide of that. Mm -hmm. and they took that out. Anything to do with the word C U N T. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because I changed words like contemptible. Mm -hmm. I was contemptible. Or my country, C-U-N-T-R-Y. Mm -hmm. Or your country needs you. Or, mm -hmm. you know, and it was, it was a video I made. So it was all, anything to do with that video was erased. It is interesting how some people will be more offended on a linguistic level. Yeah, and it's sometimes images are too much for other people. It's very interesting, the very the different people. They said I could show certain things, but only for a split second. Ah, yes. The subtle, like it can be propaganda. Something, yeah, yeah. It can't be any, I can't leave, leave that 
image in the, it was a PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. And I understand it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to sexuality. I've never been censored for uh, content of uh, the political aspect of it. That was the first time. So you've been involved in, I don't know if you consider yourself a very political artist, but you have been involved in, look at what's happening in this country now. I, I've um, always been an activist, but yeah. I don't know if that's bled into the art I make. Yeah. But it, And um, so how distressed are you? I don't want to make like dwell on things if you don't like to speak about them, but how distressed... You mean how distressed am I about <laughs> we're turning into a fascist culture? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think... Uh, after send her home, twenty twenty is going to be a big election, yeah. and I'm doing everything I can to uh, help uh, the uh, the Democrats win back the presidency, the Senate, and mm-hmm. they already have the House. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's a corrosive, uh, 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 but it's happening all over the world. Maybe we got to stop it. Twenty twenty. There's more mm-hmm. of us than there are of them. Sure. Our millennials hate him. Yeah, that's what I don't. I just I hope it comes out in a proper number. Well, that the electoral college system never made any sense to well, me. Well, once if yeah. we get all that there, we can eliminate it because the Democrats have won. Yeah, we're always going to win the popular vote. Yeah, yeah. if and anyone votes, it's going to get more and more like that. Yes, and they're just alienating everyone, and he's nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we have uh, anybody that anyone has any respect for. Yeah. You know, everyone knows he's insane. He's just, just you know, <sighs> toxic narcissist. Yeah, it's it's a strange. I mean, we're exhausted by him. He sucks I, the energy out of everything. Yeah, I didn't mean to talk too much about him too. I have to kind of like exclude him from conversation sometimes because yes, it's a child, and worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's strange because you. You think of your country in a certain way, and then you have this mirror that says, this is what your country is. Yeah, that was a big surprise. I think everyone was really wanting to believe that they voted for Trump because of economics. It was never about anything but white supremacy. Mm. Yeah, and that was a kind of a surprise. Because mm. these people don't actually consider themselves racist, but they voted against their own interests. Except for the, uh, the the rich Republicans, and they mm-hmm. voted so they didn't have to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. But the the majority of the country that follows Trump were are people that were voted against their own interests, and not because they were stupid. They voted because they were racist. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, speaking about different parts of the country, and you. Um, you're a New Yorker for a long time now, but you grew up in Shreveport, uh, Florida. In, in Miami, Florida. Or Miami yeah, as well, sorry. Florida. So how, I mean, that's a different, politically, it's a different country. Have you country. ever heard about this meme called, you know, Florida Man? All right, yeah. You know I what know. I'm talking about? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, Florida Man. Any any day, any your birthday, there's uh-huh. always, Florida Man did something fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> No matter what the date is, Google Florida man on that day, and that'll uh, be something crazy. You don't say that about Oregon or oh Texas gosh. or they're all nuts in Florida. Okay, yeah. So you grew up around a lot I of crazy. I grew up there. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so you wanted to leave, <laughs> but it, it fueled somehow. It comes into your art. I mean, I don't know. All the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, it th- comes into my art. Comes into my life. You know, I, I, I gravitate toward pink and green. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the palettes, and also I'm thinking about your, like your early work, the photography, the photos of your mother. Yeah. Um, which is very, well, maybe it's like this, but it's different. Well, I was 19, and it's kind of this bastardized glamour. My mother mm-hmm. was a drug addict, and there were yeah. pictures of high-end addiction, and not, most people aren't mm-hmm. used to seeing that. They're yeah. used to seeing you know, drug addicts on the street. With yeah. a needle in their arm or something, you know. Yeah, there's a glamour, or this it can be for High addicts. High yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, people wouldn't do it otherwise. There has to be something. But I don't. Um, would those? You you took the photos, but is it is it painful to take photos like that? Or no, because I don't see what you see. I just see mom. Yeah. My brothers and I have no idea what you guys see. 
How would we? Yeah, there's we just affection. Look, why, why do people like these photos so much? Why are they so intense? I have to try and mirror them and see them through other people's eyes. I never got it. Mm -hmm. We never got it. How would we? That's yeah. all we knew. Yeah. But it, it is, I don't mean to say painful, but it is, it takes a, a um, artistic courage to, to do things to share But I didn't life. know it was uh, even odd. Yeah. It was no courage whatsoever to share those. Well, I was shocked at the, at the, yeah. uh, at the way people reacted. I'd say, yeah. wow. They go, oh my God, that's your mother? Like that, and I went, yeah. <laughs> shame would, waves of shame would come over me. I wasn't about any, uh, I really didn't have a clue that, that, I mean, I grew up in South Florida. There were a lot of women that looked like my mother. Mm -hmm. not, not as extreme, perhaps. My name is Michelle Ratchford. I'm in my fourth year at Michigan State University, majoring in Global Studies and Chinese, and I'm an Associate Interviews Producer for the Creative Process. Marilyn Minter is deeply engaged and highly political. She recognizes her own positionality in the world, pairs it with her lived experience, and uses that to drive her art and enable change. Themes in the forefront of a lot of Marilyn's work are her desires for change and to see unorthodox beauty. She departs from many societal comfort zones to create art that isn't always seen, but is honest, realistic, and straightforward. Marilyn talks about how when she took photos of her mother, who is a drug addict, she was unable to grasp what was so surprising and foreign to others about these photos of her mom. Along the same vein, she mentioned the concept of high-end addiction, another concept that could easily confuse the audience, who are more than likely socially trained to associate drugs with negatives. She has also created paintings of naked women with generous amounts of visible body hair. These are just a few of the many examples of art that she has created that, to her, are completely normalized but are outside of our societal comfort zone. One part that stuck out for me was when she mentioned how she felt she had to create and make art because that's the only thing she's able to do. Marilyn had an almost visceral need to make art, regardless of whether people liked what she was doing or not. As a student, I felt a wave of reassurance wash over me when she mentioned that. Originally, I was majoring in genomics and molecular genetics, and while I found it interesting, I was absolutely miserable. I knew that I had to change my major, so I switched to global studies and did that with another major in Chinese and minors in bioethics, religious studies, and Arabic. These changes made sense to me, and I understood that this is what I had to do to be happy and feel like what I was doing was meaningful and purposeful enough to sustain myself now and in the future. Unfortunately, it's taken quite some time to have my immediate family understand and support me. Similar to Marilyn, I knew I would always have a voice, but for me, it just manifested in different ways and it manifested outside of art. After graduation, I plan to engage in nonprofit work and eventually get a PhD so that I can teach. Lastly, I would like to thank Marilyn for being willing to spend part of her birthday with us. So, happy belated birthday to Marilyn. If you're just joining us, we're talking with artist Marilyn Minter. It's interesting, though, there was a sense of the glamour, too. But I think that that's... Um, so it's both things. So I see the contrasts even in your work now. Yeah, there's yeah. a there's a, a point can be made. I mean, mm -hmm. lots of people have made it. This kind mm -hmm. of bastardized glamour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so, but I think that it, it does. You know, yes, you have an artistic spirit, so that you have that kind of. Well, openness. I have a vision. You know, yeah. I have no choice in the matter. You know, yeah. it's not like I can all of a sudden make something that isn't what I how I think. Yeah. Do you see your work now as a kind of, it's not about your mother, but is it, is it biographical in a way, or? People think it is. They always tell me that. I don't think of it like that. I think of it as like making pictures that you know are there, but you've never seen it. Mm -hmm. That's basically the way I've always thought it, it was. Metaphorical, I never thought I was telling. I got criticized for not being more critical of, of, of fashion and glamour and anything like that. Because why would I be? It gives people mm -hmm. so much pleasure. Who am I to tell people they can't have pleasure? Yeah. No, I, I like that, that it's, that it's not judgment and... No judgment, yeah. Yeah. And some of the other subjects that you've done, like the, 
you accept the, the dirt things or the... Well, you do get dirty feet, no matter how great your manicure is or how... Uh, if it's raining out in New York City, mm-hmm. you're going to have messed up shoes. Yeah. And the pearls in the mouth and the... Well, I was just taking a fashion trope that's yeah. really well known. Uh-huh. They're always lightly kissing the pearls. And I just jammed them in the model's mouth until she gagged. Or I asked... <laughs> I asked her to put them in her mouth till she gagged. Okay. Well, I wanted I didn't to jam them in. Well, I was I'm interested in how it works with your models and also the the hundred, um, hundred food, food porn. porn. Yeah. That was really about uh, an excuse to make a TV commercial. Mm-hmm. I had to trade art for all the production costs. Oh. Okay. So uh, there was a TV commercial attached to that. You can uh-huh. see it on YouTube yes. if you want. Okay, yeah, I've only seen the, the works. Excuse me, I've only yeah, seen yeah. the works. Uh, it's called uh, 100 Food Porn, the TV yeah. commercial. Yeah, it's interesting. I made it to run on, um, well, it was uh, at the time ABC. I did it on uh, Nightline, Arsenio Hall, and David Letterman. Right. And at that time, that's quite, again, ahead of yeah, well, was the, the only time. Uh, yeah. person that ever made an ad. I took the money that they give you, art magazines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They give you the certain amount to rent ads, or, you know, space or make mm-hmm. an ad, and I used that to do the. Uh, I used it to buy time on late night TV, which was extremely cheap, and nobody knew it. It was only eighteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. for Letterman uh-huh. for thirty seconds. Yeah, well, that's better. Again, it's you know reaching the people and not like the the elite. But nobody yeah. knew what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. To well, think. unless you knew what it was. You wouldn't know what it was. It was like really weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of the people are working in food. I mean, now food has become more of a, a medium and for lots of ways. But I don't think a lot of people were doing that then. They, I invented the word. <laughs> <laughs> what is your relationship to food, or is it just something that again the textures? Oh, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a um, vegetarian, long time. Mm-hmm. I'm really not a foodie. I don't mm-hmm. cook at all. I don't care about it that much. Yeah. Rather yeah. make a painting. I, you know, it's not like I, just, I need fuel. I know what good food is. I've been eating it for two days. Mm-hmm. But it's not like I forget to eat sometimes. Yeah. I'm not a real foodie. I don't care that much. Mm-hmm. I ate so much today. Just bad things for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, a friend of mine made, you know scones and jam and butter she brought it in at like 3 30 and I, I ate it all you know yeah. i've just been eating all day chocolates and cakes and people have been sending me things mm-hmm. and um i guess the first bite tastes great but mm-hmm. I, i'm not i'm sort of makes me sick now to eat it anymore candy <laughs> Uh, Mess on the chocolate, right? Yeah. This is my art dealer sent me this uh, whole box. Uh, yeah. Um, How do you say it? La Maison du Chocolat? Oui, oui, La Maison du Chocolat. The tea is silent, so. It's silent? Yes, like. Uh, chocolat. Um, so, you know, since when did you come to New York? 76. All right, and the change and. It's big. Travel. Yeah. It's big. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you do you feel a certain. As you think back as the years, they like you miss certain elements. No. You like how it's, yeah. Oh, well, you know, I mean, when I came here, everyone I knew got mugged. It was mm-hmm. really, really dangerous. I got mm-hmm. mugged with a gun to my head on Spring okay. and Green Street. Okay. We got robbed twice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you, you know, whenever you come, you know, I think New York City is for people who don't fit wherever they are. Mm-hmm. It's like another country. Yeah. And though, so, um, another city like mm-hmm. that and well I think in terms of the energy because if people are saying oh that New York well because you're here as an established artist for a long time so um, yeah the, it kind I of didn't shifts have, I didn't have a, a career that gave me any money till I was in my 50s yeah well that's 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 good in a way I think you know that you're you have this very strong vision you know well I always have yeah but um because it's, it's, I think it's a bad thing when people are trying to think some, I don't know what I'm talking about, but when you're trying to always anticipate the market that kind of contaminates you. Oh, you can't even you. dream of it. It's like 
God laughing at your plants, you know? Yeah. The gods laugh. Yeah, the art world. I mean, it's just like politics. Yeah. But whenever anyone, you know, I mean, that's one of the one things that gives me an enormous pleasure is seeing art that moves the needle. That's an mm-hmm. incredible feeling. So I'm not sure about all, you have some projects, you've had like billboard projects, you have the political, I don't know if you have some video. Collab- yeah, video. Yeah, and collaborations with other artists in different mediums. I'm not sure about everything. Um, I've done a lot of collaborations in the sense that I, I, I encourage artists, I get artists to collaborate with this uh, super pack that I have. Oh, okay. So that they will make an addition so that uh, we can sell it out mm-hmm. and, and, and use that money to contribute to progressive causes. Oh, okay. So those are collaborations in a way. Wow, and then yeah, so you do an addition and then just generally progressive. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So what are some of those projects that have, what are some of the things that came out of that? Well, Richard Prince made a uh-huh. print wow. uh, that sold out, I don't know, in an afternoon. Yeah. $350,000 or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and he gave us two paintings. I mean, you know, there are a lot of really political artists. Yeah. Well, it's lovely when you can use your, your art for that. And <coughs> the also, one thing that artists could do is raise money. Mm-hmm. <coughs> it, yeah, it's and it's nice, and it come and then it, it it reaches us immediately. We don't think about it, and then we have. Well, to. if you uh, you know, we have Marion Goodman gave up my group a hundred, uh, no, I think twenty seven feet of wall at Freeze. Okay. To sell these plaques, these Trump plaques, and. Cecily Brown and Jonathan Horowitz and Richard Prince and uh, Rusty Johnson. We all made things. And then we perhaps should we read what's on the plaque? Uh, yeah, you can read it. You can read it. Oh, I'm too tired. <laughs> I would, I'll read it. It says, I did, it says Donald J. Trump and it has his image. It looks like a real plaque. Yeah, it does. It's like with the gold edge because you know he loves yeah. gold. And I did try and can I say this? I guess I can. I did try and fuck her. She was married. I moved on her like a bitch, but I couldn't get there, and she was married. Well, yeah, remember the quote? It's from um, the Einstein Edition quote, and then it's <laughs> President of the United States of America. Oh, that's so something you can be. Yeah, well, it's something you can be proud of. <laughs> yeah. Well, I made a I made a hundred gold ones, and we sold them all for a thousand dollars, and mm-hmm. I made a hundred silver ones, and there's about forty left. So we've made a lot of money with those plaques. Yeah, and it's great. It goes to good causes. Well, I hope that we do. Mm-hmm. I hope that uh, 2020 it changes. Mm-hmm. How's it going with the, the French? How's Macron doing? Nice. Are you still hated? Uh, he's yes, but you know, there's the gilet jaune. I don't know. I have been here for a few months now. Too. This was my second. They were hated now. when I was there. Le jaune. It's. I think it's a little complicated because the logic wasn't very clear. Now you're getting these real fascists too. Yeah. yeah. And like sender back people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just a real huge uh, hatred of something new. And you know, maybe every hundred years we have to fight fascism as a culture. Now it's the more globalized. Mm-hmm. And it's people afraid of change. Uh, I, and it's so impossible to go back to the past. I don't. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't make. It's any impossible. Sense. It never happens. Yeah. There is no. You know, there was an illusion anyway. Mm-hmm. You know. The sense of time. White America. It's never been white America. So this is a nation of immigrants. Yeah, and that's what makes it strong anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. I think it gives this, us a good well, energy. These, the, my generation has to die the fuck out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good epitaph. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're just, you know, they're the ones that are uh, fueling this. Mm-hmm. Old white men. Yeah. The women are finally abandoning him, mm-hmm. you know? And 2020 is also the centenary of uh, suffrage as well, so it's a really important year. Yeah. And when you think of changes that have taken place, you know, looking back at that centenary year. Well, I think year, change is progress. You know, I welcome change. Mm-hmm. I welcome a multicultural country. Mm-hmm. I welcome when we're all a shade of brown. <laughs> you know, I think that's going to be great. Maybe we'll all get along a little better. Yeah, I know it's true. It eliminates 
you know, I'm mixed, so I, I would say that. <laughs> but uh, now, are you pure Chinese? No, no, I'm mixed. So what are you? Um, I'm a little bit like Irish, German, and yeah, and Chinese. Mixed. Yeah, you're Asian. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, it's strange. I'm nothing. <laughs> Have you ever met uh, Shasha Tipman? No, I haven't. Yeah, she runs the Aliman Mopin Gallery in Hong Kong. She's uh -huh. also Eurasian, German, mm -hmm. Irish, Chinese. Yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, German, her last name's Titman. Can you imagine what her life was like growing up? <laughs> 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 she grew up in America, but she's fluent. Yes. In, two, in both Mandarin and, what's the other one? Cantonese. Cantonese, yeah. Um, actually, I think your name is also very good. I think about I didn't make it up. It's real. Yeah. It's real because I also you think sort of like Marilyn Monroe. In Europe, they thought for sure I made it up. Yes. Yeah. They say, "Oh, when did you change? When did you change your name?" Uh -huh. So I was born with that because when I was born, Marilyn was just like Carolyn. Mm -hmm. You know, she wasn't. There was no Marilyn Monroe when I was born. Mm -hmm. You know, she got famous. Oh. Yeah. Okay. She was older, but she wasn't famous when I was born. It would be like me calling me Elizabeth. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> but I think it communicates something, whether real or, yeah, it is real, but it does communicate something about your style of art. I know, that's right? what everyone thinks that it must be made up. Yeah. And it's interesting, so you mentioned Marilyn Monroe and those kind of icons of beauty, which are really victims as well. Always. Yeah. And how would you define your icons of beauty? Or maybe not icons, but your well, versions. Well, I think are beautiful. Nobody else does. Yeah. You know, that's what I've seen. Uh -huh. I mean, who today then you think are like there? This could be women, men, or transgender, whatever. That you're like that's a compelling version of beauty. Well, you know, it changes all the time. Mm -hmm. I think beauty is uh, for me what I find really beautiful is something fresh. Mm -hmm. Something I've never seen before. Or, you know, or the usual kittens and sunsets. Uh -huh. You know? But you're not going to paint those. No. <laughs> no, no because uh, I don't own it. I mean, I can't, I can't make anything fresh out of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Whereas I can find things to make a fresh vision from. That's what mm -hmm. I'm interested in. Yes. And in terms of your own looking, it's such a it's such a silly question sometimes about you know where you're looking for inspiration or the different things that. Oh, well, I don't really look for inspiration. I just let it come to me, mm -hmm. but I don't stop working. Yeah. So work comes from work. So when I'm stuck, I just keep working and make terrible looking things mm -hmm. until something else comes out of it. Right. That's the creative process. Work comes you, from work. You can't think yourself out of right action. You have to act yourself into right thinking. Oh. You can't sit there and smoke cigarettes and look at the wall waiting for inspiration. Yeah, that's true. It is a, it's a physical labor. It's a physical labor. You yeah. know, move a muscle, change a thought. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that is a very strange thing, too. As I think about this body shame thing or this this division, this is something we've talked about with other people, um, is that there has been this classical division between thought and the body, or between, as though, and, and then, they, well, it's all, yeah. only concerning women. Yeah. It's constantly about uh, policing women's bodies, mm -hmm. or slut-shaming women, mm -hmm. and uh, that's what my work's about, is uh, women owning agency, any kind, mm -hmm. and that's what makes me really excited. Having agency, sexual agency, owning sexuality, not yeah. being the object of it. Yes. I don't know when we'll ever, I mean, I think it's changing, but I think at the same time, well, you've seen in, you know, in both of our lifetime, like with AIDS and everything, that then people became a little bit repressed and afraid. But I don't know when complete agency will come about. It's more so in uh, Scandinavia than anywhere. Oh, yes. Yeah, have you ever been there? Yes, and it's yeah, just like it could just it be nude. Yeah. yeah, just totally women own it. Yeah. And nobody questions it or anything. It's exciting. I don't, you know, and in, in the ways in other parts of Europe too, we're just a little bit less embarrassed about the Yeah. But, um, but if you, a, a, a woman will follow Europe, follow some guy down the street. 
just mm -hmm. as much as a guy will follow a woman, you know, with his eyes down the street. Yeah. In Scandinavia, they'll look right back at the guy. Yes. You know, well, maybe. I don't know. Let's think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask if you're a little voyeuristic. I'm terribly voyeuristic. Did you, were you always feel, felt you had permission to be? Like to look, to stare uh, at things like that? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know how becoming voyeuristic means maybe you need, um, it has to be somehow repressed or underground. I don't know, but just like a permission yeah, but to I grew look. Up, yeah. I grew up in Florida, which is very weird, repressive, and um, erotic constantly. Mm -hmm. It's Christian background, but everybody's in a bikini. Yeah. You know, this like really uh, Judeo-Christian work ethic was lost down there. It yeah. was really, you know, about hedonism. People went there to escape wherever they were from. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't really know. Um, but then were you raised a little bit religious or? No, no I didn't no, think so. But I'm just no. <laughs> the one thing that my family did was not indoctrinate me in any kind of religion. They hated religion. They hated religion. My mother was a lapsed Catholic and hated it. My father, I don't even know what he was, some kind of Episcopalian or something. I don't even know. What does that mean? I don't know. I never <laughs> went to church. Never. Did you? Um, I Sometimes I was with people. I yeah, if I spent the night at someone's house. Yes. Yeah. And then allowed to, I, I couldn't take the host. I don't even know what it meant. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. We I don't just, still don't understand the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. And what? you eat and you eat him. I do, yeah. It's a little bit seductive. Yeah. <laughs> and you drink his blood. When you really think about it, it's a little it's really bit disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> don't think about sex, but eat him. I never had any guilt either. Yeah. Well it's a it's a lovely way to be and I I think like we're all kind of envious of that, you know, free thinking way. Um uh, it's you constantly, you know, trying to be um, people telling you morality is, is, is not, it shouldn't be, le purists should never be in power, mm -hmm. you know, it really should be pragmatists. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I think that part they of it... They become the morality police, they become, they become the jahi, they become the uh, evangelicals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hate purity. Well, one of the issues that seems to be pr more prominent in America is the um, gun violence. Oh, God. It's, un it's just illogical. It's like insanity. And you know who's going to change it? They're the kids that are dying in the schools. Yes. That's what I mean. My fucking generation has to die. Uh -huh. You know, because of the, these old men that, want, that feel like their masculinity is threatened, they want all these guns. Well, I think, I, I don't know why I make this link, and I'm not sure if it, you can bear it NRA out. NRA has, has ads that say, claim your manhood back, get a Glock. Exactly. Yeah. Repress sexuality so yes. you have a gun. Yes, it's just textbook shit. Yeah. So it, it, it is very troubling. So hopefully, you know, we liberate things in some ways. Yeah, they're on take their the way guns. out. You, you can see it. They're just like, they're old and, and uh they're, they're uh, uh, being challenged by their by Oliver North. I don't know why would you pay attention, but the NRA is falling apart. Yeah, and I'm watching it, and I love it. Right. Yeah, pa Parkland changed everything because yes. these kids wouldn't just go away. Yeah. They're going to make a big difference in 2020. I think so, and I just mm -hmm. hope they're in those regions where they're it needs the ones to that are dying. Yeah, just like in Vietnam, my generation was the ones going to Vietnam. Mm. My husband, my first husband was an anti-war Vietnam vet. Yeah. You know, and they're the ones dying. Mm -hmm. The people that are dying are the ones that are going to change things. It's sad that it, people have to die for... To wake you know? up? Yes. Well, it's children. Mm. You know? It's children. There's a great meme. Mm -hmm. I have it on uh, Instagram. I thought this was so good find it. Oh, let's see, where is that? Where they show you everything you've done. Yeah. This is such a good one. You can describe it. Yeah. Oh, I put this out a while ago. 
it was one after one of the killings. Mm-hmm. One of the, you know, oh, I don't think it was this far back. It was right after one of the school shootings where 10 people died or 11 people died or can they find it? I think it's... It's even sad to say that. Can you imagine one of? It should be like yeah, so, so isolated. Many. Yeah, I know. Yeah, in France that never happens. Well, that's starting to happen, right? Yeah, a little bit, but it's not. It's it's still rare. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, but what was your first thought when Notre Dame happened? Burn. Oh, I saw it like five minutes. I was minutes. there. You were there. Yeah. I live. I live two streets away. And I was staying at a hotel right around the corner. Oh wow, we were there. Well, anyway, it's two streets away from me, so I uh, I walked by and I thought, oh, fuck. Yeah. People were crying. <laughs> it was very distressing. But it was kind of moving. I think. I thought it was beautiful the um, way that people cared. And the visual. So it's. Well, Did well, you let's read that? Feel, I'll read this now. It says this meme. Okay, let's take a moment to honor this. Oh, I'm actually doing a dance piece inspired by this. We were trying to figure out who wrote that because we didn't know. I just saw it as Oswald? Okay, yeah, I'm doing something with the um, new political cowgirls and we're doing a dance. I'm, I kind of did the choreography. So let's take a moment to honor the sacrifice of our brave school children who lay down their lives to protect our right to bear arms. Yes, yeah. is that brilliant? It is. Yeah, we're doing a thing where, like, the, and we're using, like, young dancers. Someone wrote that, that and just put it in, uh, you know, and started put, making a sign. Yeah. Maybe that was the sign. I don't know. Maybe this is the first sign. I'm not sure we were trying, she didn't know because a friend of the Neopolitical Cowboys, this is going off topic, yeah. posted that and I said that should be a dance and we will use the young dancers and we will, um, so going off topic, not from you, but I thought that was a very moving thing too. And so I said, well, let's use the silhouettes of these young dancers, children really. And so they, they start with each mm-hmm. word gets projected onto mm-hmm. them. And so let's spare a moment, I forget the exact words for the children late in their lives. So we see them frame by frame growing into like um, a flower growing out of the ground and then they evolve, you know, like their potential, like their the bodies. I like the name of this. Is cowboys? What is it? Oh, that's new political cowgirls. They're in the Hamptons um, in their countries. Uh, I'll send you stuff about it. And the, so is there anything to do with, um, is, is one of them? Kate Moose? Kate uh, Cicerone? Um, I don't know all the Kate Muth is the kind of manager of it, it is then, yeah. but she's connected. She's the wife of um, Josh Gladstone at the Guildhall, the director. Yeah, I don't know. So they do kind of dance theater. So anyway, then it's gone transforming into with each word um, an AK forty seven. Yeah. So it's a kind of weird, and that's then you think about it. Their bodies are this. Yeah, that look cool. Anyway, it's just something in progress. But um, what were we talking about before then? Oh yes, this. NRA. No, I don't want to think about them anymore. But there was another question I asked you. So speaking about children, you also teach at this, the School of Visual Arts. Yeah. What are some of the things? I mean, what do you get from that exchange anyway? Oh, and I love kind teaching. Of, yeah. I just watch. Uh, well, I'm good at it. Yeah. And um, I know it, and uh-huh. I enjoy it, and I'm very good at helping people find their inner voice mm-hmm. and do what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I get the exchanges. Um, it's a it's a service position. I enjoy it, and mm-hmm. I watch people grow and change and develop. And mm-hmm. nothing's better than that. Yeah. No, it's nice. I think it yeah. goes to this stuff that you're speaking. Your relationship with them is different than the gallery kind of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. The nice. Thing. Nothing to do with it. Yeah. yeah. I, but I'm finding out something that was it's new to me. I've said the same thing for years. Like. What am I supposed to do? Well, do what comes easy, you know? I, yeah. and, and it's really hard for them to wrap their brain around that. Yeah. Do what comes natural. Do what's, what's, uh, what you don't struggle with. Because, yeah. you know, their whole idea is that you have to make something that that's gonna, you're going to challenge yourself with. And that's just not yeah. my experience. Don't be somebody else. Yeah. And um, that's always a surprise. Yeah, they think they have to go through all these pains. I mean, of course, the work, but it's not work. It should be like play, right? Yeah, it should yeah. be what you get, you know, where you lose track of time. And uh, that is like, I think that's the best gift I can give them. Uh-huh. To like, because they don't ever hear that. 
Yeah, and I really empathize it really big time, and I never let go of that. I keep just pounding it in. Mm-hmm. You know? It's so nice to hear But here's the interesting yeah. part. I said the exact same words to my students for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. And now, because I'm, I've got a voice now, I have a platform, mm-hmm. it really affects them, and they get really upset. Oh. And so... Before it didn't matter because I, you know, they could take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. But now it feels like I got to be really careful because they think I have, I know something. I do oh. know something they don't. You're an oracle. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then when I don't like something, it's really upsetting, and it never used to be. Oh. You know, is this what I'm saying? I do understand. I have to accept that and find another way to communicate. You just non-verbally. Uh, not be as dogmatic. Give yeah. them more room. I could be wrong. I have to constantly say I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, but and yet you're just you're just expressing a personal, uh, like an immediate reaction. Yeah, but they think yeah. if I'm famous, I have to. Uh, I must be right. But no I, one before, knows they right. Didn't know that. Hey, honey, thank you for the book. I'm talking to a friend of yours. I'm, uh, I'm talking to Maya. She said she interviewed you. This is Steve Miller. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From the here, say hello. Oh, hello, Steve. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> How are you? Very good. We just look. You, the book is right on the table, and we're actually in the middle of the interview as well. So you're in it. That's why I answered. <laughs> okay. Well, he wishes you happy birthday here. <laughs> Surprise, right? Bye. How do you know him? Um, you know, through the whole Hamptons thing. Well, you live there. No, I've mean, done projects there, and mm-hmm. so that's like, celebrating the artists of New York. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so he's an interesting artist, but uh, so we're talking about students and how you communicate that to them. Yeah, I have to be more careful. Well, so it's the exact same thing, but now it has more weight because I'm yeah. famous. Sure, okay. Yeah, that's like a shock to me. Uh-huh. Because you were still yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to find another way to like be kinder somehow. Yeah. But I think that your time being giving your time is very kind. I actually telling there's not one truth about art, right? Yeah. But you're very truthful and open, uh, I can tell. So like I think the truth or the your My opinion, truth, what I see is really effective now. It never used to be so effective. But that's the biggest I have compliment. I in my class. Oh. You see okay. what I mean? That I don't want. Oh, okay. I'm really affecting them in this way that I, you know, never happened before, because I, what I had to say never had as much weight. Yeah. Well, people can be sensitive as 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 open and progressive I'm as this generation mean. is. I wouldn't imagine. Yeah. But people are so, when you think about your art and when you're young and mm-hmm. creating art, I mean, is you, of course, Diane Arbus, there was a kind of um, exchange. Not really. I mean, I was an undergraduate. Yeah. And I was just walking by. Mm-hmm. She didn't like anything she was seeing because it mm-hmm. was a really romantic school. Mm-hmm. And the, the teacher knew about my, mm-hmm. and I didn't even have any prints. I just showed her the proof sheets. Mm-hmm. And she liked the work. I didn't know who she was. I was a junior. I wasn't in the grad school. I didn't know yeah. who she was till two years later when she killed herself. Yeah. Well, I think you didn't have didn't mean a, anything to me. Yeah, so you're, you're less sensitive than a lot, maybe these other students who are crying. No, I'm yeah. very sensitive. Oh. I just, when, uh, I know I'm really very I sensitive. I mean, you're sensitive. I just mean you're more like having confidence of your, like, I just thought, I what, what's the difference between me saying it in 2000 and uh, 2019 than in 2011. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Why is is it more powerful now? That's an interesting question because often the question as it's asked is how has success changed you? But the other question is how has success or fame changed Changed my relationship with my students? Yeah. That's what I finally figured out this year. Why are people crying? Yeah. Because every year somebody's crying. It's never happened before. That sounds like a performance art piece. Right? <laughs> I'm wondering also because... Like all of a sudden my words have more weight. 
Yeah, it's I don't a know weird what to responsibility. Do about it. Yeah, but you don't have children. I don't never wanted them. Neither either. Yeah. But um, well, I, there's I, not that uh, many of us. Yeah, well, I thought at some stage, you know, when you're growing up, you think, oh, because well, it's. No, no, I never even for a second thought that. I didn't believe it, but I just thought people like I didn't think dream about them, and then you get so. You know, I was in past. a relationship that broke. He broke up with me because I wouldn't get married and have kids. That was when I was 30. Was that, was that sad for you then? No. It's like, oh, you want kids now. No, no, exactly. <laughs> it's not going to be me. <laughs> I yet, mean, it was yeah. sad, but it was, it was, it was, I knew it was logical. Yeah. Yeah. It was logical. And this I, is not the right relationship. We have to get, go our separate ways. And I completely understand the no regrets thing about not having kids. Like people think it's sad, oh, you haven't had kids. They, they feel sorry for me. Yeah. But I, I had abortions. I never wanted a kid. Yeah. Not for a split second. The way I was brought up. Yeah. But and I'm very selfish. Well, I think you're probably, you just know that they wouldn't fit into your life. I, would, would I want to go to the movies whenever I want. And I want to do whatever I want to do. And if you have a kid, you have to give them all. You're, they have to be the most important thing in the world. Yeah. I'm not capable of that. Yeah. I'm really not. And it's interesting, and yet I do notice with people who don't have kids, and myself included, like I'm constantly surrounded by young adults. Yeah, right? like, like Exactly. So it, I it like feels them when they're 18. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want them in this like puppy dog Yeah, stage. I don't want to be responsible for another living human. It's the hardest job there is. Socializing little humans. I like being around them selectively. I thought like I would like to. I would say sometimes like test drive a baby. You oh, know, like oh. not a test. It's like it's like I don't want to. I've never changed a diaper. You've never. Well, I did. I had brothers and sister. I had brother and yeah. sister. No, I've never changed a diaper or given a bottle or anything. Oh. The, the whole idea is appalling. I'm yeah. afraid they'll break or something. Yeah, and they can be smelly and. But I love baby baby animals. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we can learn, though, a lot from kids, the way they play. But yeah. I don't want to own one. That's why I feel like it's like a Porsche. Yeah. I don't want to own one. I can't even drive, so it doesn't make any sense. But, like, it would be nice to, to be in one, but not to have it in my life. Well, I'll I have crash. grandchildren, and I like them a lot. Oh, you have to your husband. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have grandchildren, and then but the beauty of having these grandchildren, on some level, is that there are four sets of grandparents in this. We're a very oh, yeah. modern family. Yeah. And the the two biological mothers fight over, they, they compete with each other with the kids. They don't worry about me at all. And <laughs> <laughs> <They> love me. <laughs> I'm no competition whatsoever. Uh, yeah, that's nice. You can just come into play once well, that, in a while. My my uh, my husband's first wife would go on vacation together because she went. Her, yeah. She was in love with someone who just died. They mm -hmm. were together for eighteen years. Right. And we love her, mm -hmm. and she's great with the kids. And we all go on vacation together, so she takes care of the grandchildren. Uh, that's a really beautiful thing that you then. There's not this. It's just a bigger family. I have nothing to do with their breakup. Yeah. You know. So in terms of your grandchildren, well, you you they they know your work as well. They think I'm inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're more adult than you are. <laughs> they do. They think I'm inappropriate. So One of them is impressed by me because I know all these people that he's impressed by. But the 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 uh, the girl is thinks I'm inappropriate. Okay. She can't so, bring me to school or anything. Oh, because you'll say. I think you know not to say certain things or. Well. You're not exposing yourself or something. No, but I think the work scares her. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't know what it, you know, I know she likes me. Yeah. You know, but she can't talk about me or brag about me or anything. Okay. That's it. Yeah, well, there's a respect, too. Oh, she it's likes like, me. I know yeah. that. I get along great with them. Yeah. Because I don't know how to do anything with them, so I just treat them like little humans. Mm -hmm. I don't like, like uh, you know, like, like small humans. That's interesting because I think that there is a lot of infantilism. They've never acted out on me. Yeah. I wouldn't know what to do and they know it. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know? <laughs> that is, yeah, when you raise children like they're just little humans, I think yeah. this isn't like also in Europe or France a lot. Like we raise them and I said, they're, so I know 
but I notice it. Yeah. You treat them as though, which they really are. Their Little perceptions yeah. are very fascinating. Yeah. So I don't know the age of your grandchildren because I was imagining. Well, now they're, I'm, when they're now they're thirteen and eleven. Yeah. But I saw them when when you know she would look at snails and go, wow, they're everywhere. Oh, look at this snail. And I went, wow, seeing in their eyes, you know, how yeah. a snail could be like a psychedelic thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the really lovely thing is they remind us of the beauty and the wonder. Yeah, the and, wonder. But you haven't lost that, but a lot of us do lose that, you know? I don't know why we stop seeing somehow. Or we well, stop. I stop seeing too. I'm just like focused. Yeah. Uh, I'm sort of myopic. Ah, literally myopic too. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. Myopic and I focus on what I'm interested in and then I don't notice things around me. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't know if we turned left just now. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm bad at navigating, things mm -hmm. like that. Me too. I can get lost in my own street. Well, not yeah, exactly, yeah. but pretty much like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, that's because you're in your own dream or your own. I've got my own focus. Mm -hmm. There's something that's becoming harder for younger people. To do maybe some of them to, to have a focus like that it's a, with all the distractions yeah yeah no the, um, I'm, I do social media and it's mm -hmm. really I, 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 I'm not I what's the word I post on Instagram but I don't follow anybody so yeah. that is not a time suck for me but Twitter is yes and I'm a real Twitterer I tweet yeah okay and I read other tweets I'm are you tweeting with this guy uh, I, I can't fall, bear him. I can't Trump even listen to his about, voice yeah. for a split second. Yeah. But uh, other people tweet him all the time on my Twitter account, so I know yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. But I'd never follow him. No, you don't yeah. want that. Kind I don't of care thing. what he says. Mm -hmm. I really don't. I think he's, you know, it's all poisonous and it's all lies. Mm -hmm. I don't think he knows the truth. I don't think he even knows what the truth is. That's why his lawyers wouldn't let him be deposed. Mm -hmm. He couldn't. He could, they couldn't trust him to not lie. Yeah. Well, in it's the crazy. end, in the end, I feel, and I don't. I didn't mean for him to come in, but if he's on the wall, um, in the end, I feel they'll find some excuse that uh, he's uh, he has dementia. They're going to say something like that. Well, yeah. you know, they they say, you know, even last night he says, oh, I didn't, I didn't encourage them to say send her back, send her back, send her back. But you see the video. There he is, like loving that they're saying that yeah. you know there's our eyes are not lying to us but he did say even something like that people that what you saw what you yeah, perceive well, I as didn't the truth. want him to say that I didn't like him I I tried to talk right away so they'd stop sin, saying chanting that but you look at the video he didn't do anything to stop them yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a weird there's there's two of why do you believe your lion eyes <laughs> <laughs> sorry I didn't mean to chat 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 um so Marilyn, as you think about the, the role that arts have played in your life, as you think towards the future, that you know, your students, um, yeah, what, are the importance, what is the importance of the arts for you? Well, it's the only thing I could do. I wasn't accomplished at all in anything else. So it was like, I had not, I, it wasn't like I had a choice as whether I was going to be a lawyer or an artist or a doctor and an artist or a secretary and an artist. Mm -hmm. The only thing I could do was draw and make art. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have like any choices. Yeah. Does that make sense? It, it makes sense. It's, it's nice to have, as you say, that focus. Well, yes mm -hmm. and no. I mean, yeah. I wasn't a good at anything. Yeah. Well, I think you could have been because... Not really. Uh, I didn't like think, oh, maybe I'll do this as a fallback career. Yeah. I had no fallback. I sort of knew I was going to finally get a voice. Yeah. I always knew it. So I just listened to that inner voice. Just keep making it whether people like it or not. Well, I think that that's what makes your, your work powerful. You're not thinking on these two channels. It's, it's you. I have no choice. I don't know what else to do. You know, and as long as I can, you know, I, even if I didn't have, uh, you know, selling or making any money so I couldn't rent this space, I'd still be making art. Even if I was living in upstate New York, you know, and, and working in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. Does that well, make sense? It does. And I think that's why the works, these beautiful works that we see around us, um, speak to us because it's mediated by all these um, yeah. 
it's it's you. But I did survive by teaching, so yeah. it's not like I had any. I didn't have a lot of uh, pats on the back, so to speak, until uh -huh. I was in my fifties, financially. Sure, but yeah, it's. Uh, well, I love teaching. Yeah, well, it's it's a very beautiful, provocative, pretty dirty work, and I want to thank you so much thank you. for um, sharing this unrestrained vision with us and for adding your voice to the creative thank process. You. This interview was conducted by Mia Funk with participation of collaborating universities and students. Associate Interviews producer on this podcast was Michelle Ratchford. Assignment editor is Sorella Lark. Wintertime was composed by Nicholas Anadolis and performed by the Athenian Trio. Has this interview sparked your creative process? If so, you can submit your creative works to submissions at creativeprocess.info for an opportunity to be included in the projection elements of our exhibition traveling to leading universities or published on our website, www.creativeprocess.info. Want to get involved in exhibitions or interviews? Email us at team at creativeprocess.info.